you're listening to Podcast Royal, and I am your host, Jessica. And I am your host, Rachel. And we are back after a week off for another round of Royal News and Updates. So before we jump in, Rachel, I think you have a few listener emails to share with us. Yes, I do. And by the way, I like to keep a timestamp on where I am because I'm all over the place this summer. So I am coming to you live from New Orleans right now, which is obviously the best food, best culture. And so um, we've had Birmingham, we've had Memphis, we've had Nashville, we've had New Orleans. And next week I'll be in a different place. So y'all just cannot keep up with me. I have to ask, have you had a beignet? I actually have not had a beignet yet, which is true self-control. Now I have had (laughs) a lot of other things, but I have not had a beignet and I'm really proud of myself for that. But let me tell you, I've just had the best seafood since I've been here. Seafood is one of my favorites. And it's just, of course, just all all the food here is great. It's very dangerous being here, especially being on a health journey like I am. But you are right. We had a full inbox this week and I've got two emails that I wanted to bring to the table. So let's start with this email from our listener, Robin. She says, hello, ladies, your podcast is so fun to listen to. I'm really enjoying it. Thank you, Robin. So two notes. I'm pretty sure both terms pardon and tea used for supper or dinner come from the British class system. Pardon is considered a lower class term, same for posh and smart, whereas sorry was more upper class. Tea came to mean dinner when the lower working classes had a late afternoon or early evening meal after a long working day. Dinner or supper was the meal the upper class had around eight or nine o'clock. Others may have more info. Thanks again, Robin. So thank you, Robin, for that interesting piece of information. Yes. And we also got another listener email of note from Kimberly about the reason it took so long to announce Princess Beatrice's name. So we talked about that when we did the Royal Deep Dive on Beatrice. What was that like a couple weeks ago, two or three weeks ago? So Kimberly says, hello, girls, fellow Birmingham native here. So glad to find kinship with you two in so many things, but especially a shared obsession with all things royal. One of my favorite things about your show is that you don't focus on the sensational tabloid draws, but rather the actual lives and everyday comings and goings of our favorite Tierra sporting family. Thank you, Kimberly. So I thought I'd send a caveat to a tale from an episode aired a couple of weeks ago from your new deep dive segment, which featured Princess Beatrice. Her name announcement was delayed for two weeks. I think this is so interesting because she was originally going to be named Annabelle. However, the queen thought the name was too yuppie for a royal. Mm -hmm. It was vetoed. I feel like I have actually heard this before, but it's, it's, Kimberly is saying it a lot better than I ever could. Okay. Back to Kimberly, though, the queen and now King Charles don't actually choose baby names. The matriarch or now I guess the patriarch, does get approval power, another reason they're told the baby's name before anyone else. At the time, Beatrice was too close in the line of succession for such an untraditional name. And actually, Beatrice, some people might think is untraditional, but it's really not. That that name is has history in the royal family. Okay, back to Kimberly. Just thought I'd pass along this tidbit as I thought you'd find it as interesting as I did. We do, Kimberly. So excited that the podcast is now weekly. Looking forward to future episodes and hearing the latest buzz. Cheers, Kimberly. So those are two. See, we love getting emails like that. Like it's y'all can provide context. Please, if you know these things, please email us and you might get your email read on air. So thank you to both of you for that. Uh, Yeah, I guess I can see how Annabelle maybe did sound a little bit more edgy or modern at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but yeah, Be Beatrice is, you know, it definitely is a more traditional name and I like Beatrice. I'm glad that they settled with that. Yeah. She's definitely a Beatrice. She is, she, she, you know, we become our names, right. And mm -hmm. she is, she, that's the perfect name for her. Well, thank you for reading those, Rachel. That was really fun. And let's go ahead and jump into the Royal Rundown. So to get started, we know the Royal family has been on summer holiday for the month of August. And now that we're going into September, we, um, you know, we'll see them back at work and school really soon. But we did get a picture of the Waleses arriving at Balmoral, joining the rest of the family. I think it's been about a week or so, maybe a little over a week ago now. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, of course, this does mark the Royal family's first summer holiday at Balmoral without the late Queen Elizabeth. I know that that's got to be tough for the family. I'm sure that they can feel her absence, you know, there as they're gathering without her for the first time and, and remembering past summers there as a family. Um, but we did get that picture of the Waleses. And we also know other family members were there in attendance because several days ahead of William and Kate's arrival, we saw the York sisters arriving at Balmoral. And it was reported that Beatrice was there with Edo and their children, Wolfie and Sienna. And Princess Eugenie was seen with her children, August and Ernest. However, her husband, Jack, was not reported to be accompanying them. So we're not really sure where he was. It's possible he was back in Portugal for work and maybe was joining later or couldn't be there for some reason. But it was also shared that the Duchess of York, Sarah Ferguson, was at Balmoral with the rest of the York family, including Prince Andrew. Um, but Fergie's returned back to normal life. I'm, this is a rhetorical question. Are Andrew and Fergie together? They live together. They speak. <laughs> of, I mean, Andrew doesn't speak in the press anymore, but Fergie speaks so fondly of him. I mean, again, rhetorical question. Nobody really knows, but... If they're not together, then they are the friendliest exes I have ever heard of. Anyway, we know this to be true that Fergie is back to quote unquote normal life, as she put it, because she mentioned she was just back from a week in Scotland on her podcast, which again, will plug Tea Talks with the Duchess and Sarah. They just wrapped up their first season. Already can't wait for the second season. And we got a paparazzi photo of Prince Andrew as well. Puts a lot of value on their family unit. Mm -hmm. Um and I think that's really what seems to be her top priority is keeping that intact. And so I feel like for that reason, you know, her, I guess the health of her relationships as she's gotten older in life have probably become more and more important to her. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. I just feel like she puts a lot of value on, on them being together as a family, but you're right about the paparazzi photo. So on Sunday, the family attended church at Crathy Kirk and William was photographed driving with Catherine in the back seat and Prince Andrew sitting up front in the passenger seat. And there's been a lot of speculation about what this means regarding his relationship with the family. And, you know, if they're all on good terms, you mentioned, you know, him and Fergie together. Now people are wondering about other members of the family. So I'm wondering what you think about that photo, Rachel. Well, let's break down that photo. So people have been making a lot of it because there's everything is thought of with the royal family or most things, I would say. They had to know the buzz that Andrew sitting up front with William and Catherine 
would bring. I don't think that was a mistake. I'm not really sure what the message is that they're trying to send. Maybe they're like, as the, as Gen Z might say, maybe they're soft launching Andrew back. And I mean, he's never going to be a working Royal again, but I don't know. I mean, I, I actually, for once, didn't read that much into this. I just, I will say that Andrew, I believe, was the first member of the family to show up at Balmoral other than the king and, and the queen. But I also want to make mention really quickly of Catherine's outfit. She, it was quite bold. Did you see it? She had on a fedora. Yeah. She had on, um, she was wearing some tartan. She had on a, a new hairstyle. So that honestly more than maybe this, maybe my priorities are skewed, but more than seeing Andrew in the front seat, I was more focused on what Kate was wearing. So um, I don't know if you have any thoughts on Andrew. I know a lot of people have been talking about it, but I'm not really sure it has much of a deeper meaning other than he's still a member of the family, obviously. Yeah, that was kind of where I was you know, where my thoughts were going with that as well. I, I agree with you. They've got to be very careful, William and Catherine, on um, how their image comes across and the decisions that they make and how they're seen um, if, if Prince Andrew is around. And so I don't think that that was a careless mistake on yeah. their part or anything. Um, I feel like, you know, there, there was definitely a reason why they rode through and, and had him in the car. Um, it may be, to your point, with him not coming back as a working royal, it may just be to show that, uh, hey, at the end of the day, we're a family. We're spending time here going to church as a family, and we carpooled over here. And so sometimes you're going to see him around us at these types of events. Mm -hmm. You know, and maybe that was, that was the extent of the message, you know? That's yeah. the capacity that we'll, we'll see him in, um, maybe not in a working role, but more so as just a member of the family. Yeah, which he is, and he will always be. I mean, he will always be William's uncle, and he may, he, I, he will never be a working royal again. I'm positive of that, but um, he's still a member of the family. So here he is. You know, he'll be at Easter. He'll be at Christmas. He's a member of the family. Yeah, and speaking of other members of the family, we also saw a few more at Balmoral. So Princess Anne and her husband, Sir Timothy Lawrence, were also there, as well as the Duke and Duchess of Edinburgh, Prince Edward, and Sophie. There's been a lot of back and forth on whether the Sussexes were invited for summer holiday, that regardless of whether they were invited or not, and I would assume they were, they were not in attendance. And, and speaking of Prince Harry, I mentioned Heart of Invictus last week, his new docuseries on Netflix. It is now available to watch on Netflix, and it came out on August 30th. So have you seen it yet? I have not seen it yet. And actually, I probably should have watched it this weekend because I didn't have too much going on. And I was actually texting you telling you I was watching Gilmore Girls for the hundredth <laughs> time. Yeah. And I saw a few other Hallmark movies. And um, I will say I have also, speaking of the Sussexes, I still have yet to watch suits and that is on my watch list mm. I know that is blowing up right now everybody's seen it um but no I haven't had a chance to watch Heart of Invictus have you 
Well, first of all, I've never seen an episode of Gilmore Girls, which is strange because that yeah. seems like a show. I, it seems like a show I would love. I've also, this is also strange, never seen an episode of Suits. So maybe that needs, you're right, Suits is blowing up. So I, maybe that needs to be my next Netflix binge. I, to answer your question about Heart of Invictus, I am on episode three. So Heart of Invictus is not, at least for me, not the type of docuseries that one can just binge. It's it's quite heavy. I mean, it's about those that have been hurt in war and it's about PTSD and it's, it's, it's a lot to take in and you really have to be in a good emotional space to watch it. I, I want to say here though, that Prince Harry and Archwell Productions and the whole team, the whole Invictus crew should be immensely proud of themselves. This docu-series is beautiful. It's sharing stories that should be shared. It is fantastic. And it is a heavy watch. It really is. It's a lot. And that's why, I mean, I made it through two and a half episodes and I had, and then I went off and watched the ultimatum on Netflix, which is also (laughs) new season. So I'm like, it's very, two very different worlds going back and forth between those two shows. But um, I will finish it in the next couple of days. It's so moving. I'm just like, my main point about Heart of Invictus is way to go, Harry. Like not just for this docuseries, but for the Invictus games. And we'll talk about the Invictus games, which are about to kick off this week in Dusseldorf. But I mean, I'm, I'm just incredibly moved. And I think anybody, there's no way that you could watch Heart of Invictus and not be moved. Yeah, yeah, I'll definitely be watching that um, very soon as well. And and we can chat about that a little bit more once we finished it. But next time you are in Birmingham, I think I'm going to invite you over for dinner in an episode of Gilmore Girls. That's fair. And then I'm going to get addicted to it because I know that's the type of show that like I would like, isn't it about a mother and a daughter? Like I'm super close mm-hmm. to my mom. So yeah. I would I will love that show. But yes, I will take you up on that for sure. Well, speaking of Invictus, you know, we mentioned last time that Prince Harry was due to stop over in the UK on his way home from Invictus Games. Well, it's currently being reported that he'll actually be in the UK before the Invictus Games on September 7th for the Well Child Awards, and then he'll head to Dusseldorf. So the games run from September 9th through 16th. And then since our last episode, it has officially come out that King Charles and Queen Camilla will travel to France for a state visit from September 20th through 22nd. But the question still remains as to whether the King and Prince Harry will cross paths at any point. I think most people are feeling like this probably, this meeting probably won't happen. Um, Or of course, like we said last time, if it does, we definitely won't know about it. Um, But back to the King Charles and Camilla being in France, they are really busy this year, Rachel. I mean, you know, we've had the coronation. Mm-hmm. Um, they've just come off of spending time with family in Scotland. Um, and there's just so much going on future engagements. It seems like they haven't really been unplugging at all. Yeah. And, and of course, you know, we'll talk about this later in Royal Rundown, but we've got a huge anniversary coming up this at the end of this week. Um, that is obviously very emotional for the King and, and all members of the family. I want to throw this in here too. Everything is getting really busy. So I'm actually really glad that we're back to weekly episodes, but um, George, Charlotte, and Louis start back to school today, the 6th, um, when this episode comes out. So everything is just kind of coalescing and everything is happening right now. But um, as you were saying, the King hasn't just been 
relaxing the whole time he was at Balmoral. He did a little work while there too. I'm sure more than a little bit of work, but he and the queen attended a ceremony where he presented the Royal guard with a new color known as the balladeer color. I hope I'm saying that correctly, which is an official flag used by the Royal guard stationed at Balmoral while the King is in residence. Yeah, and I thought it was really interesting that this ceremony was first started by Queen Victoria. Yes, and it is a longstanding tradition. It began in 1880, and the new colors will replace those presented to the Royal Guard by the late Queen Elizabeth, and the ceremony marks King Charles' reign as the new monarch. We're still almost a year in, still having those those firsts, so it seems to be we're at the last of the firsts, but um, yeah. Well, I thought the photos from this event were great. And one thing I've noticed is that Camilla is always in some shade of green or some tartan print. She's always got like a, a feather or something that she's wearing whenever they're doing any engagement related to Scotland. Have you noticed that? I have. She's she's mastered the art of diplomatic dressing. And I, look, I'm just grateful for a break from the blue. Bring on the tartan, <laughs> bring on the green. Just no okay, blue well, for a minute. Kate's really good about that as well, we know. Yeah, because Kate was in uh, Tartan and she had, I believe her fedora had a feather in it as well. So Mm -hmm. speaking of everybody being working and staying busy, you know, Charles is not the only one doing ceremonies and engagements. Um, So the Queen actually headed back to London last week to attend an event associated with the Poetry Together Initiative, which was launched by Giles Brandeth. And the event included a poetry recital, an afternoon tea. And I love this. She brought a cake. So this isn't the first time she's attended this event. You know, she's a huge supporter of literacy. She started her own reading room book club, which we've talked about before. And that, I think, really highlighted her love of written art. Um, But one thing I liked about this event that she attended was it had children and grandparents there. So it was really something Mm -hmm. for everybody. And I have to quiz you, Rachel, do you know what type of cake the queen brought to this event? I have no idea. So I'm just going to say my favorite cake, and that is red velvet cake. I'm 100% sure that's not it. (laughs) So it's actually a honey and cream cake. Mm, Um, And yeah, I read that online, and I don't think I've ever had a honey and cream cake, but it sounds delightful. Yeah, I'll I'll take it. No beignets for me, so I'll have that honey and cream cake, please. As I said, the schedule is about to get crazy. Uh, September is going to be swamped, packed, busy. So we learned this week that William and Kate will be in France for the Rugby World Cup this weekend, this upcoming weekend, the 9th and 10th. Albeit, they will be supporting different teams. So Kate is the patron of the Rugby Football Union. She will travel to Marseille on September 9th to watch England and Argentina play. And William, who is patron of the Welsh Rugby Union, will watch Wales take on Fiji in Bordeaux on September 10th. I don't know enough about France to know if Marseille and Bordeaux are close together. I don't know if they'll have to split apart. I don't know how that's going to work logistically. But as you said before, Harry and Meghan will be in Dusseldorf 
Dusseldorf, excuse me, Germany for the Invictus Games from September 9th through 16th. Also, Harry's 39th birthday is September 15th. And then, as you said, the king and queen head off for the state visit to France on September 20th. So our lull in news is coming to a close. And so you guys won't have to do um, all these random, (laughs) random segments with us. Although I am keeping royal deep dive until I'm done and I'm not done yet. So um, and I wanted to throw this story, this last story on the royal rundown this week in just for you, Jessica. I don't know if you saw this, but there was a corgi parade outside. (laughs) of Buckingham Palace to honor the upcoming first anniversary of Queen Elizabeth's death, which of course is September 8th this Friday. So a group of about 20 royal followers and their corgis took part in the parade and the corgis were even decked out in tiaras, crowns, and other (laughs) royal outfits. So I cannot believe that Friday marks one year since her late majesty died. Can you believe that? No, I mean, time goes by so so fast I I can't believe it's already been a year yeah I I mean listeners if you want to hear our reaction to uh to her late majesty's death you can go back and listen to that episode where I basically bawl and cry for 15 minutes it was very embarrassing for me although it was just really true emotions um it, it had just happened and um I just rest in peace and I just we I still miss her so much I can't imagine how the family feels and I'm interested to see we'll of course talk about this in our episode next week I'm interested to see um, William and Kate are leading the the memorials and I'm interested to see what they do and what ends up coming out of of this weekend if it's going to I mean I guess they're going to be in France so they not on the 8th but we'll just see what happens if it's a social media post or a video or if it's an in-person engagement who knows but as we close the royal rundown we will actually be talking about pippa and james middleton or pippa middleton matthews and james middleton in the royal deep dive in a minute but pippa actually turns 40 today september 6th the day this episode comes out and james middleton and his wife alize are on their baby moon right now alize is pregnant with the couple's first child so middleton's in the news well happy birthday and congratulations yes i don't know where james and alize are but they're on a boat somewhere and it looked very nice so mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 percent with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive of rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Okay, let's move into listener Q&A. So we have a listener question about a VIP suite in Heathrow Airport that the Royals reportedly frequent when they are awaiting a flight. So I actually found an article in Hello that claims they do, in fact, hang out in the VIP suite, which is coincidentally called the Windsor suite. I don't know if that has anything to do with anything, but it it is. Did you know about this, Jessica? You know, I have actually heard about this before. I didn't know all the details, but I had heard there was a, a royal suite. Yeah, so if you're flying through Heathrow, it is open to not only non-royals, but celebrities or anyone who is flying first class or business class, if you can afford it. It costs 
3,300 pounds per flight, which is translates to $4,140. It is in terminal five of Heathrow and you're only in the suite for about two hours. So that's a lot of money for two hours of time. And this is designed for people like William and Kate, for example, who can't just hang out at the gate like the rest of us obviously if William and Kate were just at gate C17 or whatever that would cause a melee so okay if you're a royal fan and you're buying two hours in the suite and you're just hoping for a sighting (laughs) you're gambling quite a lot of money for the off chance that you might be there at the same time as a royal so I'm hoping if there's anybody out there willing to spend that money on a chance to see them they at least get a luxury experience for an airport anyway. <laughs> well, look, you might be, if if you are in London, you might chance it and go on Saturday because we just said that they're, they're William and Kate are heading to France. So maybe, <laughs> maybe you'll get lucky. That seems like a really stupid waste of, of money. Just saying, if you want somewhere else to give your $4,000, I have some ideas, but um, you know, not in, again, it's, it's a luxury experience. That's not just a luxury experience for an airport. I mean, when I think airports, I don't necessarily think luxury, but this really is luxury. So guests in the Windsor suite are treated to chauffeur service, Michelin star menus. And this is my favorite part of the experience, unlimited champagne. So the food is prepared by Michelin star chef, Jason Atherton. It is served to guests via a personal butler. So here's a sample of the menu. It is described as featuring light snacks to main courses like light and seasonal British produce, barbecue pulled chicken with celeriac. I hope I'm saying that right. I can't even say it, let alone have I ever had it. Slaw spiced sea bream with warm chickpea and samphir salad confit tomatoes i don't know what any of this means charred aubergine puree and saffron aioli steamed sea bass with bergamot marmalade and pickled fennel i don't know what i like food a lot and i don't know what any of that means so obviously not the pepperoni pizza combos and coca-cola that i pick up at the grab and go when i fly and the desserts in the windsor suite are decadent too pastries filled with pistachio and drizzled in honey chocolate fondue served with marshmallows that sounds really good shortbread and fresh strawberries so like i said the winter suite is open to anyone who can afford it so if that's you enjoy it and maybe you'll get lucky and be flying at the same time as william and kate or another celebrity coming through heathrow another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, if that's you, <laughs> you are also flying around the world to meet some of our other favorite royals. <laughs> that's a nice transition to royals around the world. <laughs> I thought so. Yeah. So let's go ahead and jump into royals around the world. So, okay, Rachel, in this week's segment, we have a mystery to solve. Mm, okay. Okay. So we've talked about the Royals of Monaco a lot on the pod and I have a little update on them today. Since our last episode, Princess Charlene of Monaco has very quietly deactivated her Instagram account with no explanation or acknowledgement of it. 
Have you seen this? I don't think it was widely broadcast. I did see this and I never know what's going on with Albert and Charlene. Like they are the most confusing couple in, in maybe in the entire Royal stratosphere to me, that might be an overstretch, but yes, I did see the news. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, she's, we follow her on Instagram and she's not heavily active on there normally from what I recall, but she does share photos of her children and dog and other parts of life on occasion. And so, you know, all of us who follow her, we're going to miss out on her content at least for a little while, um, you know, and the stuff that she's posting about. So kind of a bummer. Yeah, we do love checking out her photos. Monaco is one of our favorite royal families around the world. As you listeners know, we like seeing what the family's been up to. They have young twins and they're cute. And uh, as you know, listeners, we share a lot of updates about the royal family of Monaco here. Yes. And probably most of us remember that Princess Charlene went through a bit of a rough patch in 21 and 22. So first she contracted an ear, nose, and throat infection while she was visiting her home country of South Africa. So she ended up staying there for six months, undergoing procedures before she traveled back to Monaco to be reunited with Prince Albert and their children. And then she left Monaco again for Switzerland, and she stayed there for a while at a clinic. Um, I think she was there for four months, and she was treated for emotional and physical exhaustion. If that wasn't enough, in March of this year, the palace had to release a statement in response to rumors that her and Prince Albert's marriage was in trouble and that they were going through a separation. All of that was sparked by an article published in a French media outlet. Other than that most recent headline, it seems actually like things were getting on back on track for Charlene lately. Yeah, I agree. And as a quick reminder, she and Prince Albert have eight-year-old twins, Gabriella and Jacques. We've seen her and the family out and about in recent months. So no one really knows what letter to take down her personal account. I mean, you know, maybe she was just wanting more privacy. We, we don't really know. Um, but she was at the F1 Monaco Grand Prix in May. And she and Prince Albert also attended a birthday celebration of the late Prince Rainier III of Monaco. And then most recently, the couple was seen in Corsica Island on holiday with their kids. One photo I saw showed her on a kayak with the kids. And then I saw another photo that showed her standing next to Prince Albert. He had his arm around her. The two are also scheduled to visit her home country of South Africa next month for the bike challenge of the Princess Charlene of Monaco Foundation, which is focused on ending drowning through highlighting the dangers of water and teaching children to swim. So listeners may know Princess Charlene is a past Olympic swimmer. So that, you know, that focus really does make a lot of sense for her. And that's all we really have on her vanishing Instagram account right now. So we'll watch closely to see if it comes back. And honestly, Rachel, if she's doing a social media detox, I have to say I don't blame her. I think we could all use one of those. Yeah, I'm in the middle of one right now myself. So we all need to reset every once in a while. So, you know, on behalf of all of us, we hope to see you back soon, Princess Charlene or not, whatever is better for your mental health. Absolutely. And I also want to wish a happy 50th birthday to Crown Prince Hakan and Crown Princess Met Merit of Norway. So I think this was a really cool story, Rachel. The couple held a joint birthday celebration last week or two weeks ago now at the Royal Palace in Oslo. 
There were close to 400 people in attendance and dinner was served outside as like a backyard party type Mm. event. And I saw a photo of the setup. There were 48 round tables under a tent with string lights hung, plenty of greenery, And it really felt like the perfect summer garden dinner party. There was also a photo of the prince and princess embracing each other and sharing quite the passionate kiss, which is not something we see very often or ever from our British royals. Did you see that kiss, Rachel? I actually didn't, but now I'm intrigued. Yeah, you should should go look it up. Definitely looks like a fun party. So Little little info for our listeners. The prince and princess were actually born just a month apart. So he was born July 20th, 1973. She was born August 19th, 1973. Another fun fact, the birthday party was held on August 25th, which was their wedding anniversary. Hmm. So they were married in 2001. And I'm just, I'm glad they had a celebration like this. It looked like a lot of fun looks like a great party idea, you know, not too stuffy being a garden party type theme. So again, happy birthday to the prince and princess. Mm -hmm. And I don't know about you, but I'm really inspired to host an alfresco dinner party now. And when I do, you're invited. Maybe that's when we'll do our Gilmore Girls thing. There you go. I hope you serve traditional Norwegian food like they did at this birthday party. I, yes, that's actually something I would love to try and learn more about making. I don't know a whole lot about traditional, traditional Norwegian food. I know they had it at their party. Um, And I feel like as much as we talk about food on here, at some point, we're just going to morph into like a royal food podcast. (laughs) We match over (laughs) for the food. Yeah, we might need to, in the future, create a segment about food of which you should, you're much more qualified to do than me. But we do, we do love our royally inspired food around here. Well, that was a good um, Royals Around the World and Royal Rundown before it. So I think let's move into our last segment, which is the Royal Deep Dive. I think this is our third or fourth iteration. We're going to run out of people eventually. But for our Royal Deep Dive today, we're going to focus on some royally adjacent people that we talk about sometimes on the show, but don't really necessarily know a ton about. And this is actually, once again, a happy accident. I um, did the, the research for this segment without even realizing that this episode would come out on Pippa's 40th birthday. That is totally a happy accident. Or I also didn't realize that James Middleton would be on his baby moon. He actually does not consult me about these things, which just Mm -hmm. doesn't make any sense. So um, I'm going to start as far as royally adjacent people go with Kate's two Middleton siblings, Pippa and James. So Philippa, Charlotte, Middleton, Matthews, which that's a that's a deep dive uh, fact right there that her middle name is Charlotte, which of course is her niece's name as well. Um, so again, Philippa, Char- I can't speak. Philippa Charlotte Middleton Matthews was born on September sixth, nineteen eighty three. That makes her less than two years younger than her older sister Kate. You know, I actually don't think I realized or maybe remembered that her full name was Philippa either. And I also, like you said, I love that her middle name is Charlotte. 
And I have to believe that that played a factor into Catherine choosing that name for her daughter. Yeah, that and probably Charles as well, being the grandfather. But Pippa graduated from the University of Edinburgh. She has a degree in English literature, and she actually worked in public relations and event management before she joined Pardon Pieces, which of course what is or was the Middleton family business. So Pippa became known worldwide in 2011 for wearing a how shall we say this very well fitted bridesmaids mm-hmm. dress at her sister's wedding on April 29th, 2011. And since then she has written for the likes of Vanity Fair, the Sunday Telegraph. She's also the author of a book called Celebrate. I've read this book. Speaking of um, royal royals and food, there's tons of recipes in this book, but uh, the book is Celebrate and it is about party planning. Okay. I really want to read this book now because I feel like I would love it. I actually, I actually feel like you would too. It's a coffee table book. It's probably, well, it's been out for like 10 years. So it's probably not as expensive as it would have been when it came out. But yeah, if you're a Royal fan, which of course you are, otherwise, why would you be listening to this? Then I think that would be a a great addition for any coffee table. And I actually did not know this happened, even though we were very much a podcast in 2022. But last year, Pippa got a master's degree in, of all things, physical education, sport and physical literacy from the University of Wales, Trinity, St. David. I I have no idea how I missed that. Um, Pippa has done some fashion designing. She married hedge fund manager and former professional race car driver. Did not know that either. James Matthews back in 2017. They have three children, Arthur, Grace, and Rose. So there's not a ton there that I didn't know, but the master's degree thing was new to me. Well, I actually learned something interesting about them this year too. And I'm curious to know how much of all this our listeners were aware of, but Pippa and her husband own a farm in Buckleberry, which actually included a petting zoo and deer park when they purchased it in 2020. Um, So they did face a few challenges regarding permits to this when they, when they purchased it, I think they wanted to develop some attractions on the land. They ended up sorting it out and they're working to develop it to be like a family friendly place for the public to come and visit. But there's a cafe on the property and Pippa also opened a shop, which sells a variety of items from small toys to little specialty items. So another really kind of fun thing I learned about Pippa this year. Yeah, that's interesting. And I would definitely go to the petting zoo in Deer Park. And that sounds like (laughs) a fun place to take the family. So let's move on to James. So James William Middleton was born on April 15th, 1987. He also, Pippa graduated from Edinburgh, but James briefly attended the University of Edinburgh before dropping out to start a cake baking business. So he has been open about battling depression and ADHD. He is just about the biggest dog aficionado alive other than you, Jessica. And James is actually dyslexic, which makes the fact that he was a reader at Kate's wedding only watched by, I don't know, a bajillion people, even more admirable. I mean, I would be nervous to get up there and read a a Bible passage in front of the world. Um, and that, I think that makes it even more admirable, um, that, that James did that. So James is a serial entrepreneur. He founded Boomf, that's B-O-O-M-F in 2013. So Boomf is a company that make, (laughs) this is very, very granular and interesting that makes personalized marshmallows and, and greeting Mm -hmm. cards. And, uh, like 
party pieces, we've reported on the show that this company has fallen into some hard times. And as Jessica taught me on a recent episode in May 2020, James launched Ella and Co, which is a mail order dog food company that offers freeze dried raw organic dog food. So as we mentioned a little bit earlier in the show, James is married, unfortunately for the rest of us. Um, he married French financial analyst Alize Thivenet, which I've never have been able to pronounce her name correctly. In 2021, they are expecting their first child. And as we speak on their baby moon. So Alize, in case listeners, you forgot, actually wore Carol Middleton's wedding dress when they got married, which is like the sweetest mother-in-law, daughter-in-law moment ever. Mm-hmm. And I also want to mention is in terms of royally adjacent people, I want to mention the Spencer sisters here. I think the three Spencer sisters are so cool. And if you're not familiar with them, we have talked about them on the show, albeit briefly, but I'm going to focus on Kitty Spencer, who is the oldest of the Spencer sisters. Although I also love Eliza and Amelia too. They are twins. So Diana's brother, Earl Charles Spencer has I I did not realize this. He has seven children across three marriages. The eldest, Kitty, born in 1990 and the youngest born in 2012. So that's like, I can't do math very well. That's like 22 years difference between the oldest and the youngest. Um, But for today's purposes and from his first marriage, he has four, um, Kitty, Eliza, Amelia, and then he has a son as well. But for today's purposes, we're going to focus on the eldest three Spencer sisters, specifically Kitty. That's Lady Kitty Eleanor Spencer. She was born on December 28th, 1990. And then the twins, Lady Eliza Victoria Spencer and Lady Katya Amelia Spencer, who goes by Amelia, who are twins, as I've said, and born on July 10th, 1992. All three of these girls are absolutely stunningly beautiful. They all model in some capacity. Um, They are just stunning. And I I just think that they are like the next it girls. They're not even the next it girls. They are the it girls. So of course, Princess Diana was their aunt. They are from Charles's first marriage to Victoria Lockwood. They, Charles and Victoria divorced on December 3rd, 1997, which of course, was right on the heels of Diana's death. Diana died on August 31st of that year. So in 1995, the family moved to Cape Town, South Africa to avoid media attention, which is sad that they had to do that. And I want to talk about Kitty Spencer. She, as I said a minute ago, is a model. She is the face of the jewelry brand Bulgari and the fashion house Dolce & Gabbana, which was evidenced at her 2021 wedding to Michael Lewis. She wore five, count them, one, two, three, four, five custom dresses in total by Dolce & Gabbana. So by the way, when Kitty was only a year old, she appeared on the cover of Harper's Bazaar UK alongside her mother. Kitty was a debutante in Paris, and she studied psychology, politics, and English literature at the University of Cape Town. She later studied art history and Italian in Florence, Italy, before completing a master's degree in luxury brand management from the European Business School London at Regent's University, London. So when she was 29... She married 61-year-old Michael Lewis. I know that made a lot of headlines when they got married back in 2021. He is a South African slash British multimillionaire businessman, and they married in Rome on July 24th, 2021. 
their wedding lasted three days and I just like wish that we could have a Kitty Spencer. I mean, I hope that she never gets divorced, obviously, but I wish that we could have like a Kitty Spencer wedding like every year because it was such an event. And um, she has, it was a three-day event. She, Kitty has three adult stepchildren from her husband's prior marriage. And I don't think they have any children of their own yet. And I don't, and it's really none of my business as to whether they're going to. So Eliza and Amelia are up and comers. I think we covered Amelia's wedding to Greg Mallet earlier this year. I know we talked about that on the show and I, I just love the Spencer sisters. I think they're endlessly cool. Um, the twins made their Cannes film festival debut last year. And I, I, I could look at, kitty's wedding and her all five of her dresses forever and of course we will continue to follow all five of these royally adjacent people who are all very fascinating to me so that was very brief but um i think that you know our royally adjacent friends are worthy of discussion as well yeah definitely and i agree they are cool girls i love the fashion i love following along with what they've got going on and i i remember the wedding and i think some of those photos of those dresses, I feel like they went viral online all over Instagram. Uh, Really, really beautiful. We should put um, Kitty's five wedding dresses on our Instagram because they are just absolutely stunning. Yeah. I'm trying to remember if we shared, I feel like we might've shared at least one, but um, we could definitely go back and put some more out there. Yeah. They're amazing. Well, that's all we've got for episode 104 and come hang out with us on Instagram at podcast Royal Jessica kills it with that. I'm on a social media detox. So sometimes I see it, but the, again, go back to 2021 and look at Kitty's wedding dresses, beautiful stuff. If you have questions or thoughts to share, you can always DM us on Instagram or send us an email. As you saw at the top of the show, we do read these emails and you might even end up on the air. So send us an email at hellopodcastroyal at gmail.com. And that's it for us. Thank you so much for tuning into episode 104 of Podcast Royal. Bye. Bye.